to receive your love and as we worship you Lord your Holy Spirit descends and pours out more and more of your love into our hearts thank you Father for the forgiveness in our lives you remove sin from our lives Lord with the power of your Holy Spirit the blood of your Son our Lord Jesus that's why we can love one another Lord not because we are good but because you washed away all sins and it's you Lord loving everyone else through us in Jesus name thank you Lord Amen Amen Yes Lord Loves, loves, loves one another. Beautiful to be in your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Beautiful, beautiful is to be in the house of the Lord, in the presence of our Lord, worshiping Him and receiving more and more of His love in our hearts. Somehow it's like going to a fabulous restaurant, right? You go, you, you see the food, what is available, and then you place your order, you sit down, and the server will come, put the food there, in your plate and you say, thank you, Lord, I'm going to enjoy this meal and eat, right? That is exactly like being in the house of the Lord. It's just receiving from Him more and more of His love, more and more of His presence, more and more of His spirit. And that makes you feel happy, is His presence. The true love in life, you know? The true love in life is not our spouse or our children or our grandchildren or our parents or no. The true love in life is our Lord Jesus Christ. And through Him, we can be extremely happy in Jesus' name. So, we are going to study today a beautiful topic. And I'm going to invite our reader, Miss Marilyn, to read for us part of the scripture. We are going to read this passage in the chapter number 10 of the Gospel of Luke from verse 1 through 11, and then from 16 through 
19, and we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Lord chose 72 more followers. He sent them out in groups of two. He sent them ahead of him into every town and place where he planned to go. He said to them, there is such a big harvest of people to bring in, but there are only a few workers to help harvest them. God owns the harvest. Ask him to send more workers to help bring in his harvest. You can go now, but listen. I am sending you, and you will be like sheep among wolves. Don't carry any money, a bag, or sandals. Don't stop to talk with people on the road. Before you go into a house, say, Peace be with this home. If the people living there love peace, your blessing of peace will stay with them. But if not, your blessing of peace will come back to you. Stay in the peace-loving house. Eat and drink what the people there give you. A worker should be given his pay. Don't leave that house to stay in another house. If you go into a town and the people welcome you, eat the food they give you. Heal the sick people who live there and tell them, God's kingdom is now very near you. But if you go into a town and the people don't welcome you, then go out into the streets of that town and say, even the dirt from your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. But remember that God's kingdom is coming soon. When anyone listens to you, my followers, they're really listening to me. But when anyone refuses to accept you, they're really refusing to accept me. And when anyone refuses to accept me, they're refusing to accept the one who sent me. When the 72 followers came back from their trip, they were very happy. They said, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. Jesus said to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning from the sky. He is the enemy, but know that I have given you more power than he has. I have given you power to crush his snakes and scorpions under your feet. Nothing will hurt you. Yes, even the spirits obey you, and you can be happy, not because you have this power, but because your names are written in heaven. Thank you, Ms. Marilyn. This is a beautiful passage that has to do with camaraderie or friendship, right? In your bulletins, you will see a graph that has actually eight different squares. And I'm going to share with you some ideas today that uh, might be interesting to you. And it's, it's about how you can fulfill the Lord's orders in order for us to go and reach out the world, right? So there is uh, a particular arrow you see the, in your bulletins in, uh, in a shape of a circle going from the left side to the right side. Is the order of these uh, squares that I would like you to fill out whenever you are reading the, the messages in the screen. And uh, I selected these two hands Two different individuals holding hands there because it's exactly the way that things are in, in, in life, right? Even in our families, uh, different individuals, different views, different uh, tastes, you know, different likes. We are just different and we need to learn how to work with each other and how to connect with each other and work in unity. So, speaking about that, we would like to start, uh, when we read this part of the scripture, we would like to start saying that there is such a big harvest of people to bring in. Let me tell you something about church. Church is a beautiful concept. It's a beautiful reality. It's the, the body of our Lord on earth. That's church. But in terms of organization, there are many hundreds and thousands of little organizations all over the world that they get together with the purpose of worshiping the Lord, and they all are the body of our Lord Jesus Christ on earth, right? Each organization that we call church has its own peculiarities, like ours. We are in this part of town, in this kind of atmosphere, 
You know, this is not precisely the, the newest building, you know, with the 2017 uh, technology uh, in the building. No, we use technology, as you know, and we are equipped and prepared to go anywhere with the technology we have in run services in, in any place over the face of the earth with the technology we have. But the building is not new. It's peculiar. It's a house built in 1905. So it's 112 years old building. It's unique, right? So our church is unique. It's special. Some people feel that their job is to add people to the church. And the message, the message people say is, you need to help. We need to help. Our church needs help. That's what people say. Because they, what they are trying to say is, it will be nice to see more people coming to the church, right? That's what they are saying. But the way that they put it is, our church needs help. We need your help. And that is not right. And it's not right because, in fact, what the Lord wants us to do, all of us believers, is just to share with others the good news. What is the good news? That there is hope in the name of Jesus. All the people that we interact with, wherever we go, all of them, they have problems. Whatever you see in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, you will find people that are going through difficulties in life. That's life. Challenges of different kind. The message that we deliver to them, the message we should deliver to everyone is, there is hope in the name of Jesus. When we are doing that, we are creating an expectation in their minds that something good is going to happen. And that is exactly what the Lord said to the disciples. He said, I am going to go to different towns, and I want you to go ahead before me. Before I go, I want you to go. Listen to this. Before I touch them, I want you to go, and I want you to speak to them. Because there is a big harvest of people to bring in. The Lord Jesus sees what you can see. He sees how many people out there need help, need the message of hope. He sees that. You can see it. But what he's telling you today is this. There is a big harvest of people there, and you need to bring them in. We just need to obey him. But you understand, it's not like the, the wrong concept is, yeah, I got to do something to help my church. When you are thinking that way, you are basically saying the church is weak. You basically are saying, poor church. You are saying, oh, they need me. You understand? That's wrong. You are insulting God. You are insulting the, the good Lord by saying that. The, the church is not weak. The church is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Strong. It's the army of God on earth. So the view has to change. Instead of you thinking, I'm going to help the church. Or I'm going to help Gian, which could be even worse, right? That would be horrible if you are thinking, I'm going to help him. Mm -mm. Because you are not helping me. Do you understand? While you are doing is serving the Lord God Almighty. When, what you are going to do or what you would like to do is to obey his command as I do. I am not helping the Lord. I am not helping the church. I am just obeying his word. And he said to me, there is a big harvest of people to bring in. And I want you to go. And that is the way that you need to see it. So you have to take that idea in your mind. Poor church, weak church. 
I need to help them because what are they going to do without me? T take that idea out of your head. It's a wrong idea. No. No, no, no. You are not helping them. What you need to see is you are going to do what he says because he has a plan. Say with me, he has a plan. Say it, please. He has a plan. You don't see it, but there is a plan. Someone out there, once that person hears the message of hope in the Lord Jesus, is going to be helped by the Lord through you. That is the reality of this commission, right? And the Lord sent them in groups of two. And we will talk about it in a second. Why in groups of two? But the Lord was very clear in his views, and he says there are only a few workers to help harvest them. There are only a few workers. So, I want you to think of this. The Lord Jesus was doing hundreds of miracles. People are being healed. Some that they were dead get back to life. Multiplication of fish and bread. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle. And all of them, they are like, wow! Good job, Jesus! Oh, wow! The Lord is here. God, I never saw something like that. God is with him, really. But have you seen the miracles this guy does? He's really good. That is what was happening. Hundreds and hundreds of people were looking what the Lord, was, the Lord Jesus was doing. Hundreds of them. And they were spectators. Just looking. right? Just looking. But when it came the time to work, the Lord Jesus said, there are only a few workers to help harvest them. You see that? You will find in churches all the time that there is a bunch of people, they love the spectacle, they love the show, they love the feeling, they love the get-togethers and do things with the group and stuff like that. They love all that social aspect of the church. But when it's about working, the real work of the kingdom, which is harvesting people, there are just a few. The question to you, the first question that I have for you is, is this. Do you feel that you are a worker for the kingdom of the Lord? Or you are just an spectator? And I don't need you to answer to me because this is not about me hearing your answer. This is about you giving your answer to the good Lord. Are you a worker for the kingdom of the Lord? Or you are living for yourself? You know how funny is that sometimes, friends? Is that we want the blessing of God. I want to come to church. I want to receive this from the Lord. I want to receive what I want. And thank you, Lord. Now I will continue doing what I want. You see how selfish is that? And I hope you are understanding what I'm saying. You cannot do that. We have done that. All of us. Because we were immature, selfish, little children. But there is a point where we need to mature and grow and think, wait a minute. The Lord brought me to his kingdom. The Lord brought me to this knowledge of his word with one purpose. Is that I will become a worker in the harvest of people. That is the objective. Not just coming to church, enjoy the service, enjoy the fellowship, get the blessings, give me what I want, and I will sing to you, and perhaps I will give you a few dollars. Thanks, see you later. See you next week. God, no. You, you cannot do that. It's okay when we start our spiritual walk, right? That's understandable. If you are in that first stage of your spirituality, that's okay. It's understandable, but, it's not, but that is not the end of it. You cannot be satisfied with that lifestyle. That is a fluffy Christianity, superficial. That's okay for the beginner, right? But a mature believer cannot be satisfied with that. A mature believer has to see things how the way that the Lord sees things. He says, there is a harvest there, and I need workers. Now, who owns the harvest? 
the Lord. All those people there that you know or you will get to know soon, I want you to know they belong to the Lord already. They are just ready to hear the message. And you have to get rid of the fear and the embarrassment. Some people are just too embarrassed to say, I would like to invite you to church. I would like to see if you want to come to my church. Some people are embarrassed to say that. They said, no, you know, I don't want to damage our friendship. Think about this. Here's the Lord sending you to this individual because this individual needs salvation, needs hope in Jesus Christ. And here's he telling you, go. The Lord opened the doors. You connect with these people. And once you are there, the Lord is telling you, come on, tell him. Tell him that you have faith in me. Tell him that you pray. Come on, it's time to eat with them. Pray with them. Pray, bless the food. Do something. Say something about me. And you are like, no. You know what? I don't want to ruin the relationship, Lord. You got to understand that. I don't want to burn the bridge. Do you see that? That's very dangerous. Because you are trying to please, not them, yourself. Instead of pleasing the Lord. Because what you don't know is that that person is ready. Belongs to the Lord. He's just waiting to hear words of faith from somebody. Is that person you? Is that somebody you? That's what you need to think about. The Lord says, and I'm sending you like sheep among wolves. Oh, that's right, Gian. That's absolutely right. You don't know how they are. They are terrible. The language they use, the habits they have, their, la- their lifestyle, their ways. Oh, they are terrible. The Lord says, I am aware of it. <laughs> I see them. I know what they do every Friday night. I know exactly how they spend their money every weekend. I know exactly what they do every time they get their paycheck. That's why I'm sending you like sheep. Meaning what? Meek. Meek. You go to be, to be with people in, their world, in the world... When you are talking with worldly people, they are not meek. They are not sweet. Most people are arrogant. They want to show off what they have. They want to show off what they have done lately. Trips, purchases, stuff. They want to say, where do they work? How much money they make? What's their job title? What kind of company they work for? What kind of car they are driving? The, the arrogance is just there. It just flows. They are like wolves, you know? And the Lord is aware of it. He says to you, I want you to go like sheep, meek and humble. You just go there. Be with them. We will continue studying here. What else? But let me say say this to you. Let me tell you this. Some people need to learn how to work with others, how to do life with others, and we are not islands. Precisely for the complexity of all these things with people, some of us say, "Uh, you know what? Too much drama. I'd rather not be involved with anybody. Just me in my bubble. I'm here. I don't hurt anybody. I'm not bothering anybody. And I'm not saying anything to anybody. And, uh, but nobody will tell me anything either. I'm here in my own bubble. Bubble culture. That, that's not what the Lord wants us to do. I want you to know that. So if you are like that, you need to see the reality. It's not what the Lord wants for you. 
He did not create individuals to be by themselves forever. But I need my time alone, Gian. Me too, friend. My phone doesn't stop ever, ever. Bing, ping, ping. All kind of things. It's my privilege to serve the Lord by serving my fellow friends. But like you, I also like to have my time alone. Where I can just, you know, take care of my toenails, you know, without the text message. <clears throat> Sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee. <sighs> oh, silence, how wonderful. Yeah. The Lord wants you to have that time alone, but not all the time. He made us to be social. So you need to get out of that bubble. Break it. You know, we are not birds in an egg. Break it. Get out of it. I want you to see with me this uh, passage, and I will ask Miss Marilyn to read it. It's in the bulletin. Proverbs 24, verse 11 and 12. Please, Miss Marilyn. If you see someone on their way to death or in danger of being killed, you must do something to save them. You cannot say, it's none of my business. The Lord knows everything and he knows why you do things. He watches you and he will pay you back for what you do. <laughs> you, you know, some people just say it like that. There's bubble culture, right? So I'm here, you know, it's not my problem. I didn't do it, it's not my child. You remember, right? So it's, it's very, very convenient. But, <laughs> okay, but this is the deal. The scripture says, but if you see someone on their way to death, please say with me that, if you see someone on their way to death, ah, I got it. So next time, as soon as I see, no, no, no. Because the Lord knows everything. The Lord knows. There is a reason, listen to this please, there is a reason why the Lord is putting you in that particular spot. Oh, Gian, but I, I, I don't think I can do those things. I'm, I don't know anything about theology. I don't have any knowledge of the doctrines of the church. I'm not eloquent. I'm ultra shy, uh, my, my throat kind of, <laughs> I can't speak. Don't tell me. Well, that is something that you need to, to tell the Lord. Tell the Lord why he is wrong. Go ahead, be my guest. Okay, I want to hear you. Tell the Lord why he is wrong and why you don't talk to people that are in danger about him. Go ahead, be my guest. You know there is no, no way that you can justify that. There is no way you can do it. You can fight and argue in your head this and that, but at the end you say, oh gosh, I cannot do that. The Lord is right. Of course he's right. Of course he's right. He is not going to change. You have to change. He is not going to accommodate himself to your views. <laughs> no. You have to accommodate yourself to his views. How he sees things in the world. Now, one thing is the Lord's views and other things is your pastor's views. I have shared with some of you through text message and in other settings this graph. This is part of the theory of sets for those who like math. You know, set A, set B. And both, they have a point of intersection. So this graph shows you that the, the blue section, the whole blue section, those are my views about life, okay? Gian's views. And the pink section is your views. You notice in this graph 
the majority of our views don't match. You notice that? And that happens everywhere. That happens in my home. That happens with my children. It happened with my parents. It happens with my friends. It happens with you. We are going to share certain views, but not everything. It's impossible. That's okay. But you need to concentrate in working with others in what things you have in common. Instead of fighting about the things that you don't share. It's like planning to go out to eat. It's a wrong thing to start saying, well, I don't like seafood, and I don't like pizza, and I don't like Chinese. It's just, you are just talking about all the things that are your personal views, instead of trying to focus on what are the things that you have in common with somebody else. When you are working with people, you need to, to think of what are the things that you have in common with them. Going out is, so what would you like to eat? Well, I would, I would like uh, probably Italian food. Okay, Italian is one option. What other the option? Well, I like Mexican. Okay, Mexican is other option. And on and on. After 20 seconds, you will find your points in common. And you concentrate on that. But if the other person says, well, I don't like Chinese food, and you start talking about how horrible Chinese food is, and how horrible the Chinese culture is, and blah, 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 blah about what you disagree with the other, you, you know what is going to happen? A disaster of lunch. And some of us need to change that. Forget about what you disagree. Concentrate on what you agree. And what is what do we agree here in church? That there is a God creator of heaven and earth. Through his spirit, the Lord Jesus was conceived in a virgin. And he put his life for us. He died and he has risen. He ascended to heaven and he will come back. His Holy Spirit dwells now in our hearts. We share that. Let's concentrate on that. Can we do that? I think we can do that. We can do that. There is another aspect, aspect important when we are talking about good relationships is this other proverb. Ms. Marilyn, please, ready to read. Son, respect the Lord and the king, and don't join with those who are against them, because people like that can quickly be destroyed. You have no idea how much trouble God and the king can make for their enemies. Thank you, Ms. Marilyn. Have you seen... Co-workers that are talking bad about the boss, the supervisor. You are there, and then someone is just talking bad stuff about the supervisor. <laughs> well, the Lord says here in this proverb, hey, watch this. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You have no idea how much trouble the supervisor can make for, their, for his enemies. Respect. When you are mingling with people, try to mingle with those who know how to respect others. It's so important because no one is better than you and you are not better than anyone else either. So important to understand that. Friends, listen to this. When you are speaking with people, when you are connecting with individuals, they are not here out there that you are just a, a little insignificant individual? No. But they are not either here that you are above them, that you are better than them. No. That's wrong. When you are putting yourself way below those other individuals, you are disrespecting yourself. But when you are putting people down, you are disrespecting them. So you need to respect yourself. You need to respect others. See people exactly at the same level that you are. They are just individuals, even kids. They have feelings. Don't ignore them when they come into a room. Don't ignore them when they leave or you come to a place. Kids are individuals. 
elderly are individuals, poor or rich, male or female, white or Hispanic, Mexican or Guatemalan. It doesn't matter, blonde or black skin. It doesn't matter. You see everyone exactly the same. You respect everybody. That's why you have to be the same person everywhere. Listen to this. Listen carefully. When you are in this place talking with these rich, wealthy people, you are this way. You speak in this way, you use this kind of language, you behave in this way. When you are here with this other group of people that they are poor, they live in a different kind of setting, they don't have many resources, you are going to speak with them the same way that you are speaking to this other group. The same kind of language, the same kind of behavior. When you are with women, when you are with men, when you are with children, with elderly, church people, unchurched people, Facebook or not Facebook, do you understand? You have to be the same individual everywhere. The same behavior everywhere because every, everybody is the same. There are no better individuals or worse individuals. They are just individuals. So you need to speak to everyone and connect to everyone in the same level with the same kindness. Using the same language. If you meet me, we go to a restaurant, you will behave in a certain way, you will use certain kind of language, you will behave in a certain way. I expect you to do the same with everybody else. But it's not right when someone is pretending to be in some way with the pastor, <coughs> but when it's somewhere else, behaves the other way. Mm -mm. That's not right. Respect everybody. But if you see that someone is disrespectful constantly towards authorities, talks bad about God, mocks the Lord, somebody mocking the supervisor, you know, the supervisor comes to those meetings, the supervisor is talking, and everyone is, yes, sir, yes, sir, absolutely. As soon as this guy leaves, they just look at each other. What an idiot. Christians shouldn't do that. And if someone in your group does that, you watch that person because the same hypocrisy showing to the supervisor will show it to you. Right. The same thing. The other, uh, I believe like three, four months ago, I said something funny here. I said two faces, and Tony was laughing, and Tracy was laughing, because the concept is two-faced, right? But I said two faces. Well, some people are five faces, you know? <laughs> it accommodates to depending with whom this person is talking. No, 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 no. The same person. You should be the same person. The Lord said, when you go there and you talk to them, don't worry about anything. I will provide. Well, once I'm with these people, what I am about, what I am supposed to say, don't worry. The Lord will provide for you. You just wait. He will provide for you the words, the moment. He will provide. He said, I want you to go to these houses. Don't stop anywhere. I just want you to go there. That means we are focused. We understand what we are doing. We want to bring people to the kingdom. It's the harvest. The Lord told us we need to go out and Share with them the good news. Focus. You go to your friends and you spend three hours with them, but you lost focus. You have so much fun, but you didn't say one word about the kingdom. You didn't say one word about faith. You didn't say one word about the Lord Jesus. You didn't say anything about the kingdom of the Lord or the church. You lost focus. No, focus. Focus. You go there. Have fun with them, but remember, you have a mission. And when you are there, speak peace into that home. 
Bless them. Bless them with your words. Stay there and eat whatever they have. <laughs> you are with your friends. You are invited to this place and they have this particular food or drinks. You will eat whatever they have. And finally, the Lord Jesus said, when you are there, heal them and set them free in my name. Heal them. I'm going to ask you to do something. Put your hands like this in front of you, please. I want to see everyone looking at both of your hands. Please. Everybody, please. Mel? <laughs> Thank you. Everybody, look at your hands. Don't look at me. Look at your hands. Your hands are anointed. You can pray for people. Lay your hands on people. People will be healed. Is what the Lord Jesus said. Go and heal them. All these guys came back with great news. And they said, Lord, even those who were demon-possessed were set free. That's amazing. You have no idea what can happen until you try it. You are thinking, Jihan, but you are the pastor. I, I have no knowledge about these things. I don't know what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. You just pray for them. Once you are there, you will know. People will tell you what their problems are. If you learn to listen, you are with them. Don't lose focus. Pay attention what they are saying. And then you will notice what the problems are. Financial, relationships, health, work. Pay attention. And then before you leave, you say, I would like to pray for you. Sure. <laughs> you just lay your hands on them. It's what the Lord said. Don't be afraid if you are in the workplace. Don't be afraid if you are in the grocery store. Don't be afraid. Just don't be... Um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Don't get in trouble for that. Examples of that. One of my friends and I went to have dinner one day. We are in the restaurant and he's talking to the waitress. And he was pushing the waitress in such a way that it was just not nice. Yeah, you're going to share, but you have to be kind and gentle and prudent. If in your workplace there are regulations, you follow those regulations. But with your co-worker, you can say, you know what, Lisa? You know what, Mike? Before we leave, maybe in the parking lot, I would like to talk with you for a second. Something in my heart. And you stay there in the parking lot and you said, I would like to pray for you. Here? Yeah, why not? You don't need to even close your eyes. I will pray for you. You put your hands there and say, Lord, I'm, I'm praying for Lisa because her mama is, is sick and needs healing. Lord, I'm praying for Mike because his marriage is, is troubled right now. And I pray, Lord, for this and that. You see, it's not that you are helping the church, poor the church, I got to do something for the church. No. It's an order from the Lord for you to go and speak and heal them. That is what he wants you to do. Do it. And you will see the miracle. Never thought I'd feel this way And as far as I'm concerned I'm glad I got the chance to say That I do believe I love you And if I should ever go away Well then close your eyes and try To feel the way we do today 
And then if you can remember Keep smiling, everybody Keep shining Knowing you can always count on me For sure That's what friends are for In good times and bad times I'll be on your side forevermore That's what friends are for Well, you came and opened me And now there's so much more I see and so by the way I thank you And then for the times when we're apart Well then close your eyes and know The words are coming from my heart And then if you can remember Everybody Keep smiling Keep shining, knowing you can always count on me, for sure. That's what friends are for, in good times and bad times. I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me, for sure. That's what friends are for, in good times and bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. Keep shining, knowing you can always count on me, for sure. That's what friends are for, in good times and bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. Count on me for sure. Count on me for sure. Keep smiling. Keep shining. Keep shining. For sure. That's, That's what friends are for. We love you.